Welcome to the His Call Technology Podcast, where we are communicating tomorrow's business needs today. From just outside Nashville, Tennessee, join His Call as we discuss all things telephony, data, and infrastructure related to business leaders. Here we go. Hello, this is Chuck. I'm your host for another episode of the His Call Technology Podcast. If you are one of our regular listeners, thanks again for tuning in to the podcast. If this is your first time, we're very glad you found us. Today, we welcome back for the third time, Greg Dixon. He's become a friend of the podcast, and I'm glad to have him back today. He's a veteran ScanSource employee and a well-known industry expert. In his role as Chief Technology Officer, he assesses new technologies and new opportunities for the company, advising on when and how to enter and participate. Greg, welcome back to the podcast. Chuck, thanks for having me back. I really look forward to talking to you every time. It's been real fun um, with these conversations that we've had and been able to share in the previous two episodes how businesses can deliver business outcomes through digital transformation. Early on in the podcast, uh, you defined IoT, and in a more recent episode, we discussed AI, and both in the context of digital transformation and business outcomes. Today, We're going to look at a third technology you've likely read about with digital transformation, um, and that is blockchain. Greg, what is blockchain? Gosh, I wish I knew. (laughs) It's a a complicated thing, I'll tell you, Chuck. It is is difficult, and and it, it really is a new concept for a lot of people. And when I try to explain it sometimes, people look at me funny and go, that just can't be. First of all, let me say that blockchain is a platform. So think about on your on your PC, it has an operating system. And that operating system, be it Windows or Android or iOS, whatever it is, that operating system is what makes the computer work. It's not the application. You buy an application, Microsoft Word or whatever it is, and you run it on the computer. Well, that application sort of runs on top of the operating system. Well, think of it simply as this, is that blockchain is like the operating system. It's the platform. It's, a, it's an internet-based platform on which we can run multiple types of applications. And so the primary purpose of blockchain is to, is to store information, digital information, and allows that information to be distributed to all the parties who have access to it, but never ever be copied or altered. You have to think about that for just a minute. So it's a platform that allows you to share information with selected partners, but you can be absolutely guaranteed that that information can never be corrupted in any way, never be changed or vandalized or stolen or hacked. It just can't be. And and I, I say that to people and they go, no way. Well, it is true. And so maybe in the next few minutes, we'll get a chance to, to talk some of that through. But let me bring two words to you here to get us get our thinking started. And the first word, so what is a blockchain good for? It's good for transactions. That's the first word. And so a transaction is when I have something of value and I want to transfer it to you. And so, you know, a good accountant would record that transaction in a ledger, right? And so you can think about blockchain as being a ledger. It's a place to record debits and credits and balances, so to speak. Kind of pretty basic accounting, but that's really what blockchain is all about. It's 
really basic business accounting on steroids. So transactions, we're thinking in terms of that's what blockchain is for. It's about transactions, but it's also about tracking, tracking. And so a transaction is we're transacting any digital asset of value. But I also need to know what the history of that of every transaction has been. And so think about things like chain of custody or chain of ownership, chain of condition. Who owns this product right now? And who has access to it? Who now who who gave up ownership of it before and how long did they have it? And so it's it's about transactions and tracking. Okay. And so that let's let's start off with that. Let's start off with our thinking here that it's a ledger, it's a place to record something, it's a way to record transactions, it's a way to track the history of every transaction as you go along, and to be absolutely sure that those transactions and are all secure and never copied and never altered. Let's start right there and we'll see where we go. Okay. Well, you know, often we hear blockchain associated with Bitcoin. And so I guess the platform focusing on transactions and tracking is part of what's made it so popular with cryptocurrency applications. Well, you have to sort of turn that thinking around now just a minute because the people who invented Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. Okay. You immediately think, well, what's blockchain for? It's for Bitcoin. But the history was is backwards. The people who invented Bitcoin and wanted a way to be able to transact uh, monetary values between parties, business parties or individuals, they created blockchain. So they built, they said, here's what we want it to do, but we need a platform that will do it securely. And so they wanted they, they wanted to create Bitcoin, but then they had to create blockchain as the platform to make it work. So now we have Bitcoin as the application that we talked about a minute ago. Blockchain is sort of now like the operating system. Mm-hmm. Well, let's strip off Bitcoin and say, now, what else could we do with this operating system, this this um, platform that we've built to be able to transact and track transactions of any, of any sort, no matter what they, what they might be. So you, you get the idea here that Bitcoin came first and blockchain was built to support Bitcoin. That's a really good way to explain it because it, it is a difficult concept to understand. Greg, what makes blockchain so secure? Well... It's actually a few things, and some of those things are just crazy complicated for our discussion today, but I'll I'll mention them. But the main word that I want to bring forward here and talk about is the fact that blockchain is decentralized. Think about most any application we have today that's a a server-client kind of an application. Mm -hmm. The client's running a piece of software. There's a server in the background. It's got a database on it. You access the database and it gives you information. And, and every business in the world runs a client server kind of application. In that client server application, you have a single server. It sits in some, some single location. And now if someone, if you have a bad actor who wants to hack that, steal your customer information, your credit card information, whatever they're looking for, if they can hack that one server, they've got it. They've got what you own. They can now go in and change things. They could in- increase their account from $1 to $1 million 
and no one would ever know. The interesting thing about blockchain is that if you have, let's say you have a hundred users of a particular blockchain, then if you have a hundred users, then you have a hundred separate copies of the application and its content, all the data. So if you had someone who wanted to hack one of those servers, he, he might be able to hack one of them. But then there are 99 others that could argue against and, and detect the fact that it was that it was changed. I mean, all you have to do is update the one that got hacked to the other uh, with the other 99 and everything's secure again. And so my point there is this. If you have if you have 100 copies, someone would have to hack all 100 servers and they might be scattered all over the world, all with their own secure security systems different security systems. And so the fact that that the blockchain database, if you will look at it as a database, is decentralized. There's not one single copy anywhere. So if 100 users, you have 100 copies, you have 1,000 users, you have 1,000 copies. And so what's going on here then is that fact that it's decentralized is probably the one big um, thing that makes blockchain so darn secure. Now, there's some other things called hashing and keys, and it's not just a matter of, okay, you have open doors, 100 open doors here. Every door is absolutely secure because every block, we talked about blocks, every block is the receptacle of a data. So a block is nothing more than a package of data, and it was created at a certain time. It's got a time and date stamp on it that can't be changed. But then that block is connected to the block before it. And the block before it is connected to the block before it and before it and before it. And all they all go back to something called the Genesis block, the first one that was created. And so if you change one of those blocks along the way, it becomes very evident that it's been changed. And so as, as a result here, you have this a thing called a hash. I won't go into what creates that, but the hash is what connects one block to another. And so in effect, you have this chain of blocks Thus, the name blockchain. The decentralized nature of it makes it more secure. How does this blockchain get created, this network of decentralized mm. computers, and how does all of that kind of come about? Well, there are a number of vendors who will allow you to subscribe to a copy of their blockchain. And so they're the big guys that you would expect, IBM blockchains, Amazon blockchains, Microsoft blockchains. As you can go to these big guys, there are also a, a hundred others who now have blockchain platforms on which you can build the application that you want to. Uh, we'll talk about what some of those applications are maybe here in a minute. But whatever your application for blockchain is, something you need to keep, you need to share with others and keep secure, then you build the application on top of their their platform. And so you would pay us, you'd buy a subscription, okay, to IBM or whoever the supplier is, I want, we're going to have a hundred users. So they charge you for a hundred and we're going to use this kind of blockchain. And, and then you build your blockchain on, on top of that. So that's how you sort of get a blockchain is that you subscribe to it from some big, uh, big data provider, like we talked about. What role does blockchain play in digital transformation? Um, well, well, that's a pretty good question. So we talked about digital transformation before is the ability to replace or automate 
a repetitive application, something that, that's going on in your business, something that's going on forever, we'll say, and to replace that with something that's, um, that's more secure, more repetitive, um, less costly to operate. And so, so think about this. If you, if in your business, you do business with a bank or a credit card processor, with a, with a properly working configured blockchain, you can in effect do away with your bank or your credit card processor. You can transfer money from one party to another with no third party involved. And think about the, the friction that that takes out, the time that takes out of a business transaction and the cost that it takes out of a business transaction. And so what I'm doing there in effect, again, you know, the fact that you have a bank, you don't mail checks or, you know, it's all, it's all digital. Your banking relationship, your credit card relationship is digital, but that's that big thing we talked about. We've done the big things, Mm -hmm. the big ways to solve my problem. But now I'm down to how can I really fine tune my business to make it just a little more profitable, a little more efficient. And so by getting rid of that banking or credit card relationship, um, here's another one. If the digital content that you're putting into your blockchain was intellectual property, let's just say, something that you know or own, some digital uh, asset. Well, if you want to transfer that asset to another person, or if you want to buy a piece of property or whatever it might be, lawyer fees, you can absolutely do away with legal fees. And how much does that, uh, how much time does that save you? How much money does that save you? If I have a digital contract, I'm able to manage that digital contract in an entirely new way that might avoid a lawyer. And then IoT data, my gosh, you know, if, if that IoT data affects the health or safety of someone, it has to be secure. And now you have these massive security systems based to keep it, to keep it secure when blockchain is probably secure enough on its own. These are all sort of, I'm, I'm doing a digital transfer, a transformation from maybe something that's digital, but it's the old digital, mm. to something that's altogether new, that's much more efficient, less costly, uh, less trouble to work with. It's a hard way to explain digital transformation, but that's kind of that's what that's what blockchain has the capability to do. And I named three examples, but I'm going to tell you, smart people could come up with three million examples of ways to use a blockchain and to be able to um, help in their digital transformation. In our previous podcast on IoT, we used a cold chain example to describe how IoT can provide data about a product from farm to market. How could blockchain be used in this same cold chain example? Okay, so again, we're gonna so we're gonna do something we've done before and that's connect two of these things. So we're gonna connect IoT and and uh, blockchain here. So so the example might be, so farm to market, and we've all heard the terrible examples of where someone, you know, got sick by eating something that they got in a restaurant. It should be something that's fresh, something the restaurant surely thought was fresh, but now their customer gets sick. And so you have a big outcome here. Someone gets sick, they could die. And so when you have data like that, when you have data that's being collected, especially data that's collected at a farm where you have, you know, cows and things are dirty and, you know, fertilizers and things. You, you have to make sure that you that you know the quality of that food at the, from its very inception. If you're able to collect data at the farm, when, when let's say we're talking about uh, spinach. You pick the spinach, you put it in a package, it goes into a, to a container. 
I want to know what the temperature was when it was picked and, and was it wet or dry and how, what, what was the time and date that it went into the container. And then I put that container on a truck with a hundred other containers and it drives from the farm to some distribution point. How long did it take? Did it get rained on all the way? Uh, was it hot or cold? How long did it stay in this too hot environment or too cold environment? So I'm collecting data all along the way here. Now it goes to the distribution center. Now it goes to the, the uh, let's say the grocery store and they're now receiving it and distributing it from their main distribution center out to all of their particular stores. So I want to know how long did that take and what was its condition all along the way? So I'm collecting data on, on this tote of spinach, right? Mm -hmm. And all I need to know that it, how, you know, I, I need to know something about it all along the way. Now, someone comes into the store and they buy this package of, of spinach. And the person who purchased the spinach wants to know, is this safe? Is it clean? Has it been washed? When was it washed? Is it good, right? Is it going to, is it going to make my family sick or is it good to use? And so you can see that what we've done, we've used an IOT, we've used sensors and we've collected data all the way from the moment it was picked all the way now to where the person's about to buy it and take it home. Now we have that information. So if someone got sick along the way, heaven forbid, and they and now they're going to come back and say, well, I bought this at your store. Now, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know, now the, the health department's involved and, the you know, is, is it criminal? Who knows what's going to go on? And now this store's kind of on the hook. Well, the store who's now legally on the hook for maybe making someone sick, they want to know, look, it's not our spinach. We didn't pick the spinach. What happened all along the way? Well, the store needs to be sure that the data all along the way is also pure, as pure as the spinach is. Because anybody along the way could figure out, hey, wait a minute, this big truckload of spinach stayed in my warehouse two days too long, but you know, we're just gonna change the data. And we're gonna say it didn't stay here, it didn't leave uh, yesterday, but, but it left two days before. And so what would prevent someone from changing that data to protect them? They don't wanna lose a whole truckload of spinach, so they just modify the data. Now you can see where the blockchain comes in. If the blockchain, if when the data comes and it gets plugged into the blockchain immediately, there's no changing it. No one can change it. And if they do change it, it's evident by all the other parties who changed it and when they changed it. And so you see here now we have data that people's safety and security is, is dependent on. We don't want to leave that data in the hands of people who might not be scrupulous. So we use a blockchain to lock down the security of the data at every step along the way. We've combined IoT data with a blockchain, and now we can be absolutely secure on what happened, when, who's responsible, and what can we do to prevent that next time. There's your cold chain example. It's a really good example for blockchain. Excellent. You provided some really practical examples of this cold chain example. You've talked about medical. You've talked about intellectual property and banking relationships. Mm -hmm all areas that uh, blockchain can make a difference. Greg, in your presentation, you talk about blockchain being a, a huge opportunity to change the way business is done uh, locally and globally. Um, and you talk mm -hmm. about a whole new internet, an internet of value. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so the internet, you know, when you talk about the Internet of Things, 
well, when did it become an internet of things? Right. <laughs> it's really always been becoming a, a different kind of internet. It goes all the way back to internet of just basic information. And then it was an internet of media an internet for people and commerce and business. And, and so the internet has always evolved along the way to satisfy the needs of business and of people. Those are big, major changes. I mean, think about when we were able to actually see video on the internet. You think, well, how cool is this? What else can we do with this? What other value? How can we make money? When something big occurs, everybody wants to jump in and you figure out all sorts of new ways to make money and to do things to make our life better. Well, blockchain has the possibility, the potential to actually change the way that business gets done. And I mean that in the broadest sense possible. And so ultimately what the internet will do, the internet then will become nothing more than a carrier for the blockchain platform, which will become a carrier for applications that literally can change the way our, our world works and, our, and business works in the world. And so I don't mean to be sort of overly dramatic about that, but blockchain really does have the potential here to do some crazy, amazing things in terms of how we do business. And so I would just say it's a whole new generation for what the internet can do for us as individuals and, and as businesses. That, that really is powerful. As we wrap up our three podcasts discussing digital transformation and the three technologies of IoT, AI, and blockchain, we come full circle. Can you tie all mm -hmm. these together for our listeners? Let me try. So go back to the Internet of Things. And so the Internet of Things we described, uh, so let's call the Internet of Things a widely distributed network that collects large amounts of data that allow us then to enable, that's the operative word, to enable a specific business outcome. So IoT will enable a specific business outcome. Now, artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence learns from a large amount of data and it enhances and improves a specific business outcome. So IoT enables the outcome AI enhances the outcome. Okay. Then blockchain. So blockchain, in a very similar terms, blockchain is a widely distributed network that secures the validity of the data to ensure a specific business outcome. So IoT enables the outcome. Artificial intelligence enhances the outcome. And blockchain ensures the outcome. How's that? Very nice. That's fantastic. Well, Greg, thanks a lot. I appreciate the conversations. I have really enjoyed talking about these technologies and digital transformation and just gaining better understanding from it. Hey, I don't mind telling you, I was glad to hear your presentation a couple of times because I needed to, to kind of let it all soak in. I had to hear it about 50 times before it ever <laughs> soaked in with me. So I'm glad, I'm glad for you. Well, I want to thank you, our listeners, you have made the His Call Technology podcast a success. It has been really exciting to see the podcast being downloaded all over the world. And if you have missed an episode, I hope you can take some time to catch up. Go back, and if you've missed the other two episodes that Greg has recorded with us, go back and check out the IoT and the artificial intelligence episodes. Till our next episode, don't be afraid, only believe. 
Thanks for taking the time to listen to the His Call Technology Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast so you can stay up to date with today's business communication trends. To learn more about His Call solutions for your business needs or to listen to previous podcasts, visit us at our website, hiscall.com.